0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message.
1: For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Here is the last week called The Spirit of the Book, part one, which is still up there on YouTube for you and the podcast will be available as well. Thank you, by the way, to Kurt Kenderessi. He's sitting down there. Kurt puts all of these messages go onto the podcast on the website. So if you don't have the opportunity to be able to sit and watch it again on YouTube. You can actually just listen to the audio version of it. Go to the website and you can download it right there. Play it whenever you want in your car or on the train on the way to work or wherever you want to go. But thank you for that. But these stay up on YouTube, of course. And uh, last week was on the power of the first step. Our key scripture is this one, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. By the way, again, this is not a promo. I'm just letting you know because some of you won't know that on our MetroChurch.online platform, there are the notes there, everything of the Scriptures and the headlines will be there for you. But we also print up copies of these. They're available as you come into the building. So no matter where you are in the balcony or down below, if you want to grab those, they'll give you all that same info there as well and you can follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says this, who also has made us sufficient. Everyone say sufficient. Point to your neighbour and say, you are sufficient. Point to yourself and say, I'm enough. Amen. You are sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, but not of the letter, but of the Spirit, because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The power is not in the form, but in the Spirit or the heart of something. Most of us here know what it's like to go at least to a wedding wedding. And to hear the groom and the bride say those two most powerful words, I do. Do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Or as one person misspoke at once at a wedding, they said to be my awful wedded wife. Uh, But anyway, I think they didn't really mean it the way it came out. Uh, But at any rate... We've all heard someone say, I do. And we know that that form that is necessary may make you married, but it'll take a lot more than two words in a park or in a church building, more than two words spoken to make a great marriage. Hello. Come on, give me an amen here today. Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. It'll take heart every day to create a great marriage. Now the Bible is under scrutiny like never before across this nation and around the world. And there are people that are quoting the Scripture and they're quoting that one. And they're saying, I believe this. Can I just say to you that at least as important as knowing the Word of God and being able to quote it, being able to lay a hold of it, is that we exhibit the spirit of the book. Because the power is not in the words, it's in the spirit of it. And so I'm very keen that Christians all over the place carry not just the Word of God and the knowledge of it, but that we carry the Spirit of it. I was talking to Amanda. She was worship leading here before. And I was talking to her on Friday about hope. And she was telling me about how the Spirit that is in that place uh, where we serve people that are in need, she said the Spirit of it is so different to what is in so many other places. Why? Because it's not just the form. We aren't just there to go, here's your food, go away and be grateful. We are here to carry the spirit of the book, which is to say every person is made in the image of God and that you matter and that you matter to God so you matter to us. And that's why we don't personally in this church, we don't call the people that come to hope clients. We call them guests. We say whether you walk in the front door on a Sunday or in through the rear door on a Tuesday or a Friday, you are a guest of our church in exactly the same way. See, it's the spirit of something that carries the power. Now today I want to speak to you about the spirit of the book with particular reference to faith. I'm going to talk about it over two Sundays because... Quite frankly, I'll not get through all this. I might not even get through everything I've got here today. And then next Sunday, I'm going to give you, uh, well, I think some revelation. It certainly was to me about uh, some people think you can just catch faith. Well, we'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about your mind and faith next week. So you'll want to be a part of that. And then the next growth Session in November There's going to be a part one and a part two of that on building a spirit of faith and the five things, the five habits of life that every one of you have and I have, the five habits of life that are either building your faith or breaking it down. All right, so hang in for all of that there. We're going to get into this one a bit. It's one of the greatest subjects of the Bible and it's one of the greatest subjects for a reason. We are believing creatures. We are created not just to think and to feel, we are created to believe. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. And mountains of psychology, by the way. The more I read and the more I study and hear what behavioural psychologists and scientists are saying, the more I understand how truthful this Scripture is, where it says, For with the heart man or woman believes. That you are created. There is a part of you that's beyond education. That's why we can educate all the people in the world about a whole range of behaviours, but it's what they believe that will determine what they do more than what they know. Because lots of people know what's right and wrong, but it's what you believe about you. It's what you believe about others. It's what you believe about life. That really will make the difference. You cannot separate Christianity from faith. They go together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 tells us there it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that wasn't even from you, it was a gift from God. I don't know how this exactly works in the mechanics of the detail. I remember being a 19-year-old young man listening to the gospel and hearing the invitation given to say yes to Jesus. And I don't really know how it happened. But all of a sudden in that moment, though I'd heard it before, all of a sudden in that moment, there was something inside of me that said yes. There was something inside of me. Now, why hadn't that that not happened in the day before, in the week before, the month before, the year before? I don't know. I think it's in this Scripture. That even the faith you have to believe is not just up to you. It's a gift from God. Christianity is more than a set of values or behaviours. God is interested. Listen to me. God wants to shape your believing more than He wants to shape your behaviours. God wants to shape your believing. What you believe, I'm not talking about whether you believe in the Trinity or whether you believe in heaven. I'm talking about what you believe in the entirety of it. Lots of people have got right doctrine, but lousy theology, because they're not the same. You can have the doctrine of the Lordship of Christ, but in your theology and what you believe, you actually believe it's all up to you, that you've just got to have more willpower that you just need to try harder. And you can have that and that's your theology. And I'll tell you, your doctrine's right, but your theology isn't. Am I making sense to you? So I get saved because there is a faith that comes into my life. And in that moment, I say yes to Christ like people do here all the time. And I say yes to Jesus. And when I say yes to Jesus, instantly my life is transformed. There I am born again of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have a birth day. You don't have a birth year. You never got born in a year. You got born today. day. There's a day where you got born. I got born again. Christianity is not a slow osmotic process of assimilating the truths of God into my life until one day the light goes on. Now you may be on a journey But I'm telling you, there will come a point where faith comes into your heart and you will say your yes to Christ and that's where everything will begin to change. But that's not meant to be a lone only moment of faith in your life. God wants it to become a spirit of faith. We're talking about the spirit of the book, the spirit of faith. In Matthew 14, verse 29, Jesus is speaking to Peter. Jesus is already walking on the water. Peter says, Lord, if it's You, tell me to come. And verse 29 says, and He said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He never sank. He began to sink. He started going down. You know, when you stop believing, you don't sink, you start to sink. When you stop believing that God is your provider, you don't immediately go into bankruptcy or penury of some kind. You begin to go down in your expectation. You begin to drop down. When you start believing that maybe God has made you weird and there's something wrong with you, that if only people knew they wouldn't want to be around you, I'm telling you, you won't begin to sink. But slowly but surely, you'll start putting people outside of your life. You'll start keeping people at arm's length. You'll isolate yourself. Why? Because you're beginning to sink. And he has got a moment of faith, but he can't sustain it. It's got to be more than a moment of faith. It's got to be a spirit of faith. And the spirit of the book is the spirit of faith. Three times in the Bible we are told this, the just shall live by faith. I've been telling the staff for years now, you will either live by faith by choice or you'll live by faith because you have to. You'll either choose a life of faith. I'm going to believe God in good days and bad days. I'm going to believe God when I'm at the top, I'm be at the bottom. I'm going to trust God's Word no matter what's going on in my life. If you will do that in that space, you'll choose that. Or else you will end up continually going around the mountain, coming to the places where you need faith. And too many people pick up faith only in moments of desperation. Rather than living a life of faith. Amen. A life of faith, a spirit of faith in their life. So many people start scrambling, trying to find faith in their dark hour because they never build a spirit of faith in the good days. They thought it was all them. They thought it was all their skill, their expertise, their insight, their their wonderful gift. And then one day when darkness comes and difficulties arise, they're then scrambling to find, God, give me a promise. But we want to have a spirit of faith in our life. Amen. Amen. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. God's looking for people that believe. And the whole of Hebrews 11 is the story of people who live with the spirit of faith. And you know, if you read it, and I encourage you to do that, you'll find that they're young people and they're old people and they're wealthy people and lowly people. You'll find they're well-known people and they're unknown people. You'll find that there's stories of things that are done in faith and by faith and through faith in every arena of life. There's people in Hebrews 11 where they operated in faith in the political sphere. Faith is not for a church service. Faith is for every arena of your life, the financial realm. People in Hebrews 11, that's where they were, in the realm of health, in the area of relationships. You'll read that and discover some of them, their moments of operating in great faith were in the church and others were out of church. Some of them were in palaces and some were in prisons and some were in the public square. Why? Because faith is not a garment you hang up in the cupboard, in the wardrobe, that you take out on a Sunday and you dust it off and you bring it to church and you say, Oh God, I believe. But rather, faith is meant to be your high viz for the week. Amen. Faith is meant to be your daily garment what I carry when I go to work on a Monday or on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, when I go to the mine site, when I go to the office, when I go to the hospital, when I go to the homes, wherever it is I go, I'm meant to be wearing the garment of faith over my life for whatever it is that I'm going to encounter in Jesus' mighty name. (laughs) Amen. Come on. We want to be people that wear the garment of faith. The good news about Hebrews 11 is that none of them were perfect. You're actually told that in Hebrews 11, it says, and these were, were not perfect without us. None of them had arrived. Faith is not when God goes, finally, they've made it, they've got it. Faith is for some of the people in Hebrews 11 were really a bit, well, let's just say they weren't the most perfect. Don't think God will answer your prayer because you are the holiest person around. David wasn't the holiest person around. Read his list of sins. Nobody probably in this room or even online with us has committed his crimes. God says he was a man of faith. Come on. You can step out of the shadows. You can step out of the darkness or whatever it is that is telling you that this is where you fit and you'll never be any different. And you can, or you can say today I'm going to pick up the garment of faith. Some of us here are going to go but it feels a bit uncomfortable. That's only because you haven't worn it for a while. Amen. But you'll pick that garment up out of the wardrobe, and some of the moths have eaten a few holes in it because, well, you've left it in there for so long nobody's looked after. It. It's never been to the cleaners. It's starting to look a bit drab. But you know what? I'd rather wear a moth-eaten garment of faith that's got a bit of dust on it than I'd ever want to go out wearing the garments of the flesh that are just about me and just about my abilities and just about what I'm capable of and just about my intellect and just about what I think I know. I want to bring out the garment of faith and put it on no matter what my job is, no matter what environment I'm in, no matter where I serve, no matter what my life is about, I'm going to be wearing the garment of faith, so wherever I go, ah, faith goes in, amen, faith goes in, amen, faith goes in, The brother up the back's excited with me, good on you man, well done, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, get this, Paul says this, we have the same spirit of faith. Turn to your neighbour right now and say, we have the same spirit of faith. Amen. See, the, the spirit of faith isn't for preachers. And the spirit of faith isn't for the evangelists that you see in the big crowds. The spirit of faith is for every single one of us. Come on, I've got to get this through to you because some of you here, it's like your head's just a little bit hard because you've got all this great doctrine and rubbish theology that somehow or other it's all about you being good enough And so every week when you evaluate your goodness and discover you fall short and that you're not good enough, you go and hang faith back up in the wardrobe. You say, I'm not worthy to wear it. But I'm not worthy to wear the garment of faith because of my holiness, but because of the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for me. I can wear the garment of faith because I'm God's child. Amen. Amen. I can wear the garment of faith because of what Jesus did. So even though I don't feel worthy, I go in there and then I open up the wardrobe. Well, actually, I think you're better off sleeping with it. Amen. I think you're better off wearing the garment of faith every day of your life. Go to bed with it. Amen. Sleep with it. Lord, just I uh, go to sleep. Give me the dreams of heaven, not the nightmares of hell. Amen. God, I put on the garment of faith for my sleep. Oh, Jeff, don't be stupid. Jeff, be realistic. Well, I am because the psalmist said, he said, I will both lay me down to sleep in peace. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. You Christians. You Christians. You're just faith nuts. Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a faith nut. So let me quickly this morning, because my time is practically, well, too bad. The spirit of faith. Let me give you four things about the spirit of faith. The second one you really want to lean into, because it will blow your mind. Here's number one. The spirit of faith sees everything differently. If you've got a spirit of faith, everything looks different. James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, moan and groan and whinge and put it out on Twitter about how lonely you are and about how life sucks and it's not fair and it's not your fault. No, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has got a chance to grow. No, I'm telling you right now. Mm. I might even just wear this jacket all day and All night. Think about it a minute. Most of us don't live like this at all, but if you've got a spirit of faith, you look at the trials coming way. Come on, can can we be honest here a minute? Can we just have a come to Jesus minute where I just raise my hand and say, God, I need help with that? Thank you. Because I don't do that all the time. Some days I'm looking at the stuff going wrong and going, where's God? This isn't right. I thought you said. Now, I know nobody else in the building but me. It's only because I'm a struggling pastor and, and I, I just have those things. and You know, my humanity is, I haven't crucified it yet. The rest of you, you've got it. That's good. He says, count it all joy. I'm going, really? You should try doing this. I, I have. I've tried doing this for a whole day. That's a joy. That's a joy. Amen. That's a joy. Woo! A problem. Woo! What about Romans chapter 8, verse 28? We know. Here's all the knows. We know that all things, do you know the word all there in the Greek, the original language? It means, guess what? It means all. Not some, not a couple, not the ones that you can understand. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And I trust that's you today, that you can say I'm called according to the purpose of God. And if I am, he says, Jeff, everything is going to work out for good. And I'm there going, can't see how that's going to happen. Well, I haven't got a clue. He goes, didn't ask you to figure it out, and we know. See, it sees everything differently. Here's here's one for the old people. I'm not there yet, so. Well, not I'm only halfway. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we don't lose heart. What have you lost heart over this week? Amen. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Oh, I could preach. I could just stay on one of these for the next hour. Can we just move the whole end of church till this afternoon? We'll go straight into Metro life. Some of you are going, no, no. No, man, I, I was picking up Red Rooster on the way home. Therefore, we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man or woman is being renewed day by day. I'm getting older. I don't do the same things I used to do. Someone asked me the other day, are you still playing basketball? I said, if I did, I'd have to wear a full-face helmet. There's so many bits of me that have been broken and bashed and that they wouldn't let me play unless I wore a bottom mouth guard, a top mouth guard, goggles. I said I'd have to go out there wearing a full-face motorbike helmet. Might be a little bit hard. And I'm not sure I can run as fast as I used to. So the outward man might have changed somewhat. But I meet so many people who retire or they get older in life and their inward life is not being renewed by anything. They speak the language of sighing. Not signs, sighing. They're the outward man's perishing. Come on, you see everything different. The spirit of faith looks at you. go, Jeff, I don't go for all this positive thinking stuff. I go, well, it's better than the other one. (laughs) Amen. You're just pretending, no, I'm looking at something different. Amen. I'm looking at something different. Here's the second one. I told you the second one. You really want to get this one. The spirit of faith starts from a different place. Psalm 119 verse 68 gives me a great starting point. Lord, you are good and you do good. So many people start from the place of, oh God, I wonder if you are, will you help me? Oh God, do I deserve it? And they start from a place that's the wrong place. You will never get to your answers from the place of you and the place of how you feel and the place of your circumstance and the place of your problem. Why don't you make your starting point this one? God, I'm starting from your good. Amen. You are good. You just are good. You are good. You are good. I might even write a new song while I stand here. You are good. You are good. You are good, good, good. And you do good. Amen. What about John 17, verse 17? Thy word is truth. So many people don't start from the truth of the word of God. They start from, well, does it really mean that? Well, I guess if he wrote it, he probably means it. What's your starting point? Not you, not your problems. I find that my whole life changes when I start from the place of your good. Because when I start from there, I start with rest. When I come to pray, I've done this more times than I can coming to pray, and all I did, I walked out worse than when I came in. You know what I mean? You're getting there and you're telling God everything's wrong. We had a treasurer years ago. His name was Cocky and Liao. He and his wife Esther have now moved back to Singapore. They stay in touch with us. But he was our church treasurer. And I remember at the time there was some big obstacle, some big difficulty that looked huge. And I'll never forget Cocky came to one of our board meetings once and, and I said, you know, we opened it up. and He said, the Lord spoke to me this week. And I, we're all going, Cocky and what, what was it? What did the Lord say? And he said this. That the Lord spoke to him and said, Stop telling me about the mountain. Go tell the mountain about me. Amen. And I've done that where I've started in prayer and I'm telling God everything that's wrong and what he ought to be doing and how we if I was running the world, everything would be different. (laughs) The spirit of faith starts from a different place. Here's number three, I'll go quickly. Number three, the spirit of faith acts in a different spirit or in the opposite spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Amen. That's a different spirit, isn't it? Instead of going down the pathway of the spirit of the world or your own flesh, what you feel like, what happens in your human nature, Instead of that, we go in a different spirit because the spirit of faith says don't be like that. Be generous. Is someone mistreating you? Bless them. What? Come on, Lord. Smite them. Lord, come on. Yay. Yay. Boils and emeralds. I don't even know what they are, but God, they're in the Bible. Give it to them. Hunt them down. Lord. Have you ever discovered sometimes God doesn't do anything about the people that are persecuting you until you start blessing them? Huh? We're there telling God how we ought to appear to them and drag them out of their beds. Lord, let the angel of death. (laughs) And the Lord doesn't listen to one thing you say. And then one day he starts saying, Jesus, you said to bless those who despitefully use you, Lord, I bless them. Lord, I pray your blessing on them. And the first time you do it, it's like you're chewing on gravel. And you say it, but you know you don't mean it. But I say to you, at least you're saying it. And if you say it a few more times, one day you mean it and you bless them. And all of a sudden God turns everything around because you're acting in a different spirit. Compel you to go one mile, once you go two? Here's number four, last one. The spirit of faith holds on Regardless, Hebrews 10 verse 23, the message version says this, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Amen. The enemy's just waiting for the Christian who's just holding on with two fingers. Because all he's got to do is just bump you and you drop it. Amen. Amen. Some people hear a great word and they're full of faith until the car park. Until they get home and something goes wrong. Some people have lost all their sanctification and all their holiness has leaked out by the time they get home. You know I love you. Amen. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises of God. Let me give the four to you again. The spirit of faith sees everything differently. Secondly, the spirit of faith starts from a different place. Thirdly, it acts in the opposite or the different spirit. Fourthly, it holds on regardless. Now I told you next Sunday I'm going to do a part two of this one that I think is going to be deep, certainly been deep to me. And then the next grow, which comes up in a few weeks' time in November, that next grow you're going to be able to hear about how to build and develop a spirit of faith because... You don't just have the Ephesians 2 8 faith that you started with. He wants you to go from the moment of faith to the living by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's pray together. Come on, everybody here in this place. Everybody in this place. He's the spirit of faith, the Holy Spirit's the spirit of faith. We're not talking here about mental gymnastics. We're not talking here about some contortion of the mind, some twist and turn to eradicate a negative thought. That's not faith. That's just you using your mind. God bless you. Be as positive as you can. But faith is not that. Hebrews 11:1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not even seen. Faith doesn't operate in the seen realm, it operates in the unseen realm. Faith is not from me. It says that in Ephesians 2 verse 8. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So we're not asking you today to try and work hard at being more faithful. We are saying, can we come before God and say, Lord, would you help me? Come on, Holy Spirit. You know who I, need. I need that spark from you that you started me with. Colossians says, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. In other words, the same way you got started, which was what? You said a yes to Jesus. And faith in that moment came inside of your life. He says, well, the same way you started, keep walking in it like that. So I keep coming back to Him and saying, Lord, come on. Would You quicken me, make me alive? Would You make this light up to me? Some of you this week, it's going to be like there's a spring in your step that wasn't there before something about your circumstances. They're going to still be the same, but you're going to be different. Father, we pray today in Jesus' name for the great work of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, we could not do it out of ourselves. There is no way that we could make this happen. But Lord, you can do something great in our life. We thank you for doing that. Lord, we we don't have to beg you. We just have to ask you. We thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, some of you here in this place may never have begun the walk with Jesus like I've been talking about. It. You've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you did years ago, maybe when you were a child or whatever, and along the way, that, as that song says, clutter came in. You've lost sight of Jesus, and today you want to say yes to Him afresh. I pray that you will. If you're online, I'll tell you in just a minute how you can say yes as well. But if you're in the building here, I'd love to pray with you right now, right where you are. Love you to be able to respond. Just say, Jeff, that's me. I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, put it back down again. I'll see it. I'm the only one looking around. And I'm going to pray with you right where you are this morning. I'll come to the online in just a minute. But if you're in the building here and that's you, don't miss out today. Don't go well, you know, maybe next week. Why don't you do today and say, Jeff, Today I'm saying yes to Jesus. Is there anybody like that? Just quickly as I look across the building, I don't want to miss you out because I never know everybody who's here. And because of that, I want to make sure I'm including you up in the balcony, of course, as well. Then let me talk to you about online from there. You can look this way. How do I say yes to Jesus? We had one I know this week. Maybe there are others. I just know I got notification of one when it happened. It was during the week. It was someone who said, "I want to say yes." And they'd send it in via our text number, which is 0488 826 392. It's up there on the screen for you. Other people choose to do it via the uh, web address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, it gets to us. And some of our team then send you the next day a Bible verse. It's different every day. They send you a prayer different every day to help you get started. It'll build your faith and encourage you. You get that for 30 days, there's no cost. There's, we'll never ask you for anything. We just want to bless. After the 30 days, if you want, there's another 10-day uh, mini-series. They actually go for a year and a half. If you do all of those, I'm telling you, you'll know more of the Bible than 80% of Christians. But I encourage you to do that in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for each one. Thank you for every person that's here today. Oh, God. Oh, God we feel, Lord, like what we sang earlier is true. That You're pouring your Spirit out. You're pouring out your Spirit. That these are great days for Australia. These are great days for the Gospel. Lord, when some people are looking at all the things that are going wrong, we see things differently in Jesus' name. We see it differently. We act in the, a different spirit. We start from a different place. Your Word says that you're going to pour out your glory and you're going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Father, we start there. Lord God, we hold on regardless. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. Come on. My time's gone, but I want us to sing and just worship one more minute. If we could do that. Um, Can we sing Pull Your Spirit Out again? You knew I was going to do that, didn't you? They were going to sing something else, but I know the team will just flow with me on that. I just want us to pick up on that for a minute and declare it over our nation one more time. Come on, let's declare in Jesus' name. Let all the redeemed prophesy and sing. This is your moment. This is your chance. You might never get put on a a pamphlet as a prophet, but you can prophesy right now from where you are. Prophesy according to faith, it says. Thank you, Tim. Come on, let's worship. Uh, Ray is going to be online for prayer Uh, John and Trudy are going to be back in the prayer space, I know that these people carry a spirit of faith, they'll be believing with you if you've got a need this morning we want to say God bless you all those of you in Metro Life tonight have a wonderful time, won't you enjoy having family dinner together, in Jesus name God bless we'll see you somewhere soon, Amen